Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get right out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, the owner of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies and chair of the board of directors of Larry H. Miller Management Corporation. She is Gail Miller with us here on The Big Show. Gail, thank you so very much for a few minutes. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for asking me to be on. Well, it's some big news this week. We talked about it quite a bit on the show. Uh, Steve Starks promoted to CEO. Can you talk about uh, Steve and uh, the excitement of, uh, of um, his direction of the company? Well, I think it is an exciting announcement. Steve has done a lot for the company. He's been with us 12 years. He's had a lot of different assignments. Um, he's very energetic. He's very capable. Everything we've asked him to do, he's done very well. Um, never shirking anything, got a good attitude, a lot of energy. I, I think the direction of the company is headed in the right direction. We look forward to um, a very exciting future. Gail, you didn't get my resume, I'm uh, assuming. <laughs> Gordon, no... you were just too slow. <laughs> <laughs> in, in many ways, yes, indeed. Uh, what, about, what about the position as president of the Jazz, Gail? Uh, Don Sterling, the interim president. Uh, what goes into that search? Don Sterling is going to be president of sports and entertainment. Steve will continue working with the Jazz. Um, We feel like there's some continuity there that we need to maintain, at least for the immediate future. Um, He has some, you know, they have a lot of things going on, and it it just seemed more reasonable since he's even the alternate governor that his capacity with the Jazz organization needed to remain intact. A lot of things happen with the Jazz under Steve's watch. Uh, you know, the renovation of the arena, for example, but expansion of the staff and, and really rebuilding the team. How much did his success in that position play into uh, your confidence in his new role? Well, it obviously had a factor. He, as I said before, he just takes on a, a, um, an assignment and goes to it and does very well. So I think uh, he's proven himself. Boy, I'll tell you, Gail, it's been an exciting offseason for the Jazz with the moves that they've made. Uh, how do you feel about the positioning of the club heading into this next season? I feel really good. I think that we have some, um, you know, we've made some really good changes, some really acquired some really good players. I hated to see the ones we had go, but this is, this is a crazy business. And I wish everyone that we've we've let go well. I hope they have uh, a lot of success where they are. We seem to be able to populate the NBA with really good players, but I'm very excited about how we're positioning ourselves for this coming year. 
Gail, let me make a reference that uh, that I remember, and maybe you would remember, but many of our listeners, younger listeners, won't remember. I remember on like uh, the Ed Sullivan show or the Jackie Gleason show, they used to have these performers that would spin plates around on sticks. <laughs> remember those? And they, I do. And, and they had like ten of them, and they had to keep them all going at one time. <laughs> I understand that that's probably how you feel sometimes. But when the Jazz make a deal, or or there's a deal on the table. Do they run that past you for your approval? They do. Yep, I, I get uh, all of that information. And as I've said before, I really do have the last word. The problem is I'm smart enough to know I shouldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always concurred with, you know, I always concur with what they, I shouldn't say always, but I, I have a lot of confidence in them and their ability. We hired them to do a job and, they do keep me in the loop, and they ask for my opinion, my advice, and my permission, actually. Um, but they know what they're doing, and as long as they explain it to me and help me understand the reasoning behind it, and they're good people that they're bringing in, I'm okay. Gail Miller is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, and I realize it's been a couple of years since you put the jazz into a trust, essentially, for the community. When you talk to people and people around the sports world, what what is the reaction? What do they tell you about that? Really, um, you were the, the first franchise to ever do that. I think it surprises a lot of people, but I think they, they're they very um, impressed by that. They think it's a good move, and they're grateful that the Jazz have a solid home. I don't know why that they ever thought they wouldn't, but, you know, they've been here 34 years under my watch, mine and Larry's. So uh, I, I understand that as they get to be more and more valuable, people would they would think that we would have more temptation to sell them, but it's never been, that was never why we bought them. When we bought them in the beginning, we could never have imagined the league, you know, becoming this valuable. But um, to us, it's much more valuable to have that be a community asset and bring people together and and create good times for people. And it, it does a lot for the economy as well. So, we feel really good about it. I think the, I think people feel good about it. Sometimes they're surprised, but I think always pleased. Uh, I boy, you got that right, Gail. I mean, I that 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 gesture, in my opinion, is heroic. Uh, I mean, I had never heard of any such thing before, and I think it's a gift to the community. And you deserve a lot of credit for doing that. That took uh, that took a lot of understanding of what uh, what your goals always have been well thank you my uh, that that's very kind of you to say and um this is a place both larry and i love a lot and we we just want to see it be successful and a good place to live i'm sitting in my office looking out at the wasatch mountains and i cannot imagine a more beautiful place to live it's uh, it's just incredible here, and I've traveled a lot, but I don't think there's any place I'd rather be. Earlier this summer, you were honored with the Horizon Award, which is a, a congressional award given to humanitarian leaders in the private sector. What was that like? That had to be pretty cool. Well, you know, to be honest, I felt way out of my league, but <laughs> <laughs> I was honored, and I did go back to Washington, D.C. to receive it, and it was quite an experience. 
Uh, it was not just me. I was the only one that got the Horizon Award, but there were 500 young people who earn what's called the Gold Medal Award, and it's the only. It's a program that encourages young people to expand their horizons and become leaders. And they're incredible young people. We had eight from Utah that received that gold medal award. And I, I was very impressed with what they have to go through and, and the, the fact that there is a program that encourages young people to explore beyond their boundaries and put a lot of effort into becoming leaders in the community, learning things about themselves, and then translating it into action. It's uh, something we should all be proud of and encourage in our own state, I think. These young people that have done it here are very impressive. Gail, you've taken quite a journey uh, from your early days, and I've been privileged enough to hear you tell that story and tried to represent it uh, in the written word. I know you don't have time to tell your whole life story, but uh, what, I mean, you started from almost nothing. Uh, I remember that story you told me about how you had one light bulb in your house and all this stuff, and you've taken this fantastical journey. What advice, after all the success that you've had and, and the things that have been important to you, what advice do you have to people, young people especially, about how they should uh, approach life? Well, I, you know, that one light bulb story was a just a short period in my life. It seems to stick with people, but it was real. We had struggles all the time I was growing up. But I think what I learned is that the value of life is in the values you value. <laughs> that sounds redundant, but what I learned is that I'm a strong person. I can do hard things. I can make something out of nothing and I can stay grounded. And I think that's the most important thing that young people need to understand is money is only a measurement. It's not the end all. And it's not something that solves all your problems. Sure, it's a lot better to have it than not have it, but it's what you do with it that really matters. But even beyond that, what I would give young people, what advice I'd give them is, Figure out what you value, what, what your values are, what you live by, and then expand on those. You know, if you value honesty or integrity or being kind or sharing with your fellow man or making the world beautiful or creating a business that can employ other people, those are the things that really matter. It's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. Gail Miller is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, getting back to the Jazz for just a moment, there have been so many great players that have been cornerstones in the faces of this franchise over the years. Of course, uh, John and Carl stand out in everybody's mind. But this version of the Jazz is Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Can you talk about those two and what they mean to this franchise? Pretty incredible people. You know, they, they are the heart and soul of this team, and I'm very grateful for them. But I think we're going to have some others that will stand out this year, of course, Mike Conley and some of the others. But the nice thing is we've built a foundation that now can really do something special because they understand what we're all about and they've done the hard work. And I think Donovan and, and Rudy are really good leaders. And Donovan seems to thrive on taking that leadership role. 
So I think he'll do great things for us. Speaking of leadership, Gail, you got a pretty good coach too, Quinn Snyder. Yes, absolutely. I can't forget him. He's pretty understated, but he's, um, you know, he doesn't particularly like the limelight, but he's really, really good at what he does. And what I like about him most is how he teaches teamwork. Gail Miller is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gail, uh, Larry always had a, a close relationship with, with David Stern, the commissioner of the NBA. I'd be curious to get your thoughts on Adam Silver and how's he, how he is doing with the job. I think Adam's doing really well. I don't have, I, I'm not prone to close relationships like Larry was. He, he was a people lover. I'm, I'm much more introverted. But I do know Adam, and I've had several conversations with him. I think he's a fine man. I think he has um, some really exciting plans for the NBA. And I think he'll lead him in a good direction. Gail, I remember a conversation that uh, I had with you once, and I asked you about winning a championship. And you are very passionate about what you're, what, what, why you're doing this for the community, like we talked about earlier. But I think you, you sort of uh, paraphrased what Herm Edwards said once, the NFL coach, you play to win the game. You play to win a championship, and that's your intention, is it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think with 30 teams in the NBA, there can only be one championship, but I think every 30 years you ought to have one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's our turn. And I think we've built up to it. We've under, we understand what it takes. I think we've put everything in place for it. We've given them all the tools they need, brought in the players that I think can do it. And there's no reason why we can't um, have that expectation. Now, I don't know that it'll come this year, but I do believe we'll get there. Gail, we know your time is so very valuable. We're so grateful you could carve out a few minutes for us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gail. You bet. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Gail Miller with us here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I think it's really important for jazz fans to know uh, how she feels about that last question. Because sometimes you hear people say, do the jazz really want to win? Are they willing to pay the price for it? Uh, do they just want to have a, a nice little outfit here that uh, that makes money and that uh, the community can enjoy? Now, I, I remember asking Gail that question in person, and she, there was fire in her eyes. I mean, they really want to win. And I think part of it, I don't, I'm guessing about this, but I think part of it is that that's what Larry, Larry had a dream for that. And that, that's, still, that's still evident. And she wants to win that championship. And jazz fans need to know that because it's not for the money. I think that much was proven already by by what she did that, that we talked about with her about the trust and all that sort of thing. But they want to put together a championship team, and that's what they're trying to do. I thought you asked her a, a really great question, and, and I liked her response because I was never – really sure exactly how this worked but you you asked her if they call her when mm -hmm. they're making a a big basketball decision and she said yes they they call and i think that's why you always hear um dennis Lindsay and now justin zanuck but they always uh, when they make a move you know thank the miller family for the support and and that sort of thing but but i i thought it was insightful that that she says uh, yes but she knows enough to trust the people mm -hmm. that she's hired to to make those decisions and i i 
I think that's actually a really it seems really simple, but I think that's a really insightful answer that, yes, she she is involved and she wants to know. And and, you know, her approval has that final approval and she values that. But she also values the people that she trusts uh, in, in the job that they're doing. I, I thought that was a really insightful answer from her. Yeah, and Dennis, what does Dennis always say when he's come on with us, that uh, that the Miller family has supported, when they feel strongly about making a move, that they've gotten the support for yeah. it. Yeah, and that yeah. plays into to the, the want to win that you were talking right. about. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is not a situation where this family wants this team just to be a nice little team <laughs> for the community. No, no. They they want to win it all, and I can only imagine the the expression. I think Dennis said this. Imagine the expression on Gail's face the day the Jazz win a championship, right. mm-hmm. and that was a motivating factor for him. And I understand it completely because that's an honorable woman who would be easy to do everything you could for to work for to bring a championship here. I don't know if I don't know when the Jazz will be able to get that done, but uh, I can imagine in my mind the party that would go on here if it ever right. were to well, be I, achieved. I, I think the fear of fans, you, you know, when we're talking about ownership and that sort of thing, I, I think the fear the fans have, and I don't mean to get confusing because Don Sterling is now the new president of the Jazz, but Donald Sterling. The old mm-hmm. owner of the Clippers mm-hmm. is the the worst case scenario, right? The the guy who's not going to invest in the team. He just is satisfied with uh, the, the few butts in the seats that he has because he going can t- to Hollywood parties with the right with and he celebrities. Can, he can turn a profit because his overhead is so low that it doesn't matter if they win or not because the the few suckers that pay for a ticket are getting him his profit every year. And it's mm-hmm. not about winning; it's mm-hmm. just about putting that money in your pocket because you own an NBA team and it's going to make money if you don't pay any of the players. Isn't that the 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 big fear, the ultimate example of the big fear? You want an owner that's going to go all out to win and invest to win at all costs. And I think that it's important. I, I agree with you that that fans hear her answer that question because we we all and I say we all because media we at least you know, I, I want to cover interesting stories. I want to talk about interesting things on the air. I want to talk about the Jazz in the in the NBA Finals because that's a sports radio dream. And I think we all want it's a to fans dream. We all want to cover yeah. and and see and watch a team that is fully invested to do it. And you want to hear the owner say that and and then actions to back it up. Which I think if if this offseason certainly has proven anything, it's proven that again as far as ownership goes with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, and uh, you bring up a good example, Donald Sterling. There are are a bunch of uh, owners out there that uh, I think jazz fans should feel pretty fortunate that they got the owner that they have because (laughs) – And it's so important. It's so important. Look, look at some of the disaster owners out there, and they are the problem. I mean, look at at the Washington Redskins, Uh, you know. Dan Snyder is the problem with that franchise. It starts at the top, man. It always always does. does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's an easy one to go to, but James Dolan with the Knicks. We talked about Kevin Durant yesterday in that piece in uh, Yahoo Sports. He said he never even considered the Knicks. Yeah. yeah. Never even considered it. And I think we know why. Right. It's it's top down. That, that sort of thing is so uh, important. In my formative years, Gordon, the laughing stock of the NBA was the Dallas Mavericks. They were a joke. Tree Rollins was the best player in Mavericks history. 
overstating that, but I, you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> Mark Cuban buys the team, injects energy, uh, resources, uh, the desire to win, and now they're one of the most stable, best franchises in the NBA, and they won an NBA title not that long ago. Yep. I mean, ownership ownership really makes a difference. Well, think about what's happened with the Jazz. Think about what they did. They they hired the right guy to 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 run the thing. They bring in Dennis Lindsay, and what does he do? He hires the right coach to coach the team. Mm-hmm. And Justin Zanuck is brought in, and they have a plan. I thought what Gail said there is really important, not just for young people, but if you're going to run a franchise, if you're going to run any any group, any kind of management situation, figure out what your values are. That's what she said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like one of those things, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's out of a book or something, values. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Dennis has talked to us about that a thousand times about having certain values in place and then following the manual mm-hmm. accordingly. And the Jazz have done that. I used to laugh a little bit that when, when the Jazz would talk about, we want good, good people in our organization. We want good people on our team. They have, they have pretty good people on their team. I don't know these guys. I don't investigate their private lives. I don't know how they treat their kids or their spouse. I mean, they just seem to be good guys. I think that was very, that's been clear for years now. It's certainly clear now, at least from our view. Well, a little, a little thing that maybe some people have paid attention to, but have you see this probably before games quite a bit, Gordon, but have you ever seen, have you seen her, uh, Gail Miller, interact with the players, certain individual players, when they they're just saying hi or, or whatever, there's always so much respect coming yeah. from those players, uh-huh. and they'll go over and and say, you know, I, I guess I can't uh, uh, hear what they're saying, but say some nice words, and you can just see it in the way that they interact with her, that they're very respectful. Yeah, and I think that that says a lot. I think that says a lot about somebody the way they interact with somebody like her not not only being the owner of the team but just who she is yeah, I, and I, and I think that says a lot about people. I I can relate to that completely. Here Jake you and I are talk show hosts we're controversial sometimes we mix it up we stir the pot uh, in my role as a columnist I I present ideas that people sometimes disagree with or don't like uh I'm I'm not supposed to uh, get too close to anybody I cover and all that stuff. But I got to tell you, in all honesty, nothing but respect for Gail. Yeah. I mean, this is a woman who deserves that kind of honor, deserves that kind of respect, not for just because of who she is yeah. and the way she handles situations. And and I'll come clean with that, man. I, 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 when you say players have respect for her, I have respect for her. I think you do, too. I, I 100% do, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, but if you look around sports, when the owner uh, passes and there's a succession onto the next generation or, or whomever, it is not 
a real smooth process in a lot of cases. Um, It's finally settling itself in Denver with the Broncos, and it's taken a couple of years for that situation to figure itself out. It's still um, uh, an issue in New Orleans with the, is it the Benson family? Mm -hmm. There are still issues with it down there. And and when when Larry passed, the, the Jazz did not, that could have been a real turning point for the franchise, depending on what happened. And it, it, I think through her strength, the Jazz continued on the path that Larry had set them. And I, you know, maybe fans would think like, well, of course, of course that happened. That's not an of course in a lot of situations. And I think she deserves a lot of credit, not not credit to her alone, because, uh, you know, Greg and, and the rest of the Miller family has certainly been involved and they all deserve uh, deserve the credit, but I, I think her strength really is is to be admired for that. As the the franchise has progressed and grown, and actually the company as a whole has progressed and grown, and that that wasn't a guarantee. And no, I, I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and, and there have been other contributors as well uh, who have uh, made decisions that have uh, helped the thing along. Uh, and the, I guess the last thing I want to say is sometimes people look at Gail and they think, oh, she's such a nice person, all this stuff. Uh, Larry told me something uh, about Gail once. He he said that you just you don't mess around with Gail as far as telling her untruths or, or you know, trying to pull a quick one on her or anything like that. No, she, he said she's a very good judge of character. And when she stood on this floor over here in the arena and essentially told the fans to watch her P's and Q's and to be respectful mm-hmm. of opposing teams when they come in, cheer for the Jazz all you want, be as rowdy as you want to be, but be respectful to the other team that's coming into the building. Man, I'll never forget that night. I know right. you were there. I was. And everybody was going, whoa. You listen. She just mm-hmm. she just laid it on the line for everyone to listen, and so I, I think she does have these values that she follows, and uh, and is not afraid to make it clear to everyone that that's how she feels. You know, the rest. The interesting thing about that is the rest of the country listened. Yeah. That was that was. Uh, major news, and and it's one of those things that crossed over from sports news to news news, and of course, you know, she was talking to our community here, but I, I think everybody listened to her that day. Well, why not? It's good advice. Yeah. All right, we'll have more coming up next. We want to say a big special thanks to Gail Miller for giving us a few moments of her time. As I mentioned, we know uh, exactly how valuable that is, and uh, great, great to have her on the show. We'll get that up online at 1280thezone.com. She joined us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. More Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Carol King song? Yeah, she wrote it. Wow. This is a great song. This yeah. put you in a good mood. Yeah. You were just poo-pooing this thing earlier in the day. No, I just, I wasn't really poo-pooing it. I was just saying that I was a little burned out on Carol King music. That's all. Not all her songs that she ever wrote. This is the Herman's Hermits. Put you in a good mood. Just... Herman's Hermits, man. I remember watching these guys on TV when I was young. 
Want to remind Herman's you, Hermits. join us tomorrow at ARUP from uh, 10 until 3, 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It takes only about 30 minutes, and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and we've got some jazz gear for you as well. But saving of life, of course, is. That's, Indeed. That's the big draw. Mm-hmm. Go, go do some good. Austin's going to be down there. See if they can't take, you know, what, five, six pints out of Austin? I bet Maybe get there. I've I've actually wondered if I could like do the show while giving the blood, but then watch me pass out because I'm an idiot. Or What's something. the most you can give? One responsibly. One pint. One. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No more. No more. And I think it's every 18 days or something. Yeah, something like that. Last glance tomorrow. I don't think you want to go much north of a pint. <laughs> don't want to, getting you into don't the want danger to drain zone. <laughs> Too much out of there. Uh, you don't indeed. Hey, we were talking about good ownership uh, uh, in the last segment, and we had Gail Miller on with us. Uh, big thanks to her. But there's a story out there. Have you been following this Trent Williams drama with the Washington Redskins? Yeah, I, some of it. I don't know all the details of it. What's the latest? Well, so he he's not showing up. He didn't show up to anything. No, a mini Isn't, camp. Doesn't he have a problem with the medical staff? So that's the thing. Uh, the sources have explained that it's not about money. It's not about his contract status. He feels like the medical staff mishandled. Uh, he had a growth on his head, hmm. and I I don't know all the details, obviously, but he doesn't feel like that that was handled correctly and has lost confidence in the in the Redskins training staff. So what is his end game here? He Does, wants to he, he wants out he for wants sure. Out. He doesn't want the medical staff replaced. He just wants to be traded. He said he wants out. And that the, the when it comes to the medical staff, I mean it's that that's a that's a tricky issue cuz players and this goes across all sports have to have confidence that they're method of making a living their body is being uh, prioritized and well cared for if you lose trust in that that's i mean that's a big deal if if, uh, normally i i don't like holdouts gordon and we've we've had these conversations before you know live up to the contract you sign and those sorts of things but in this case can you blame a guy if he doesn't feel comfortable um, with the medical staff that he doesn't want to play there, that that feels like a very legitimate thing to me. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Why do you think the Jazz went out and, and uh, put the emphasis on their medical staff that they have? Yep, they have, and, a, and a lot of teams uh, I know are that way. Yeah. Not it's, just it's, trainers, but team doctors, and and all the way across. It's the, board. the pragmatism of making sure your players are treated properly, but it's also to let the players know that they can develop this trust of which you speak. Right. It has to be there. Who wants to go play for a franchise that doesn't have that, doesn't offer that? Right. So you, 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 get, a, you get a positive uh, from, from guys doing the job properly so they can get your athletes uh, whole as quickly as possible, but also the players are drawn to it. I would hate to play uh, for a team where I, I, I'd – I didn't think the doctors knew what they were doing, or the trainers, or or the rehab people. And yeah, that would be very disconcerting. I would think it'll almost be even worse if you suspected they had an agenda. <laughs> because, because what, what's worse, having an agenda or just being incompetent? Incompetence. God. Well, because a doctor, and and maybe I'm wrong about this, but a doctor's primary role is to have the best interest of his his or her patient in mind, right? I mean, that's that's got to be rule number one, especially in a sport like football. Are you kidding me? Right, you're putting your body at risk every play. 
So if management or whatever is is going to the the doctors or training staff and saying, you know, get that not not in Trent's case, but get that guy back out on the field, right. as opposed to what's what's proper for this this person. I mean, that's that's a huge deal, and you could see how uh, sports teams collegiately and professionally would be vulnerable to something like that. That gets back to the values we were talking about that Gail brought up. You've got to have certain values in place, or it will come back to haunt you, in right. my opinion. Yeah, you might get a guy back in action quicker momentarily. That's going to come back to bite. That's why Golden, uh, the Golden State Warriors, honestly, should call Kevin Durant and say thank you for, for, his for what he said yesterday mm-hmm. to, to Yahoo Sports, because you can't— I mean, you you can't have a reputation going around out there that that players are not being cared for and not being prioritized and and mishandled uh, because uh, training staff and, and team doctors have an agenda. I mean, that's just uh, that that you're going to have players fleeing your organization. You you made a great comparison. Think about going to a doctor where you thought his motive was something different than your best interests. Right. What? Get me out of here. You're finding a different doctor. But with a team, it's a little bit more complicated than that because you're – I mean, you can go get second opinions and those sorts of things. So you're not just you, – you don't have to go with team doctors and trainers all of the time, but they're the ones giving you your day-to-day care and well, day-to-day evaluation. And some of this stuff comes from up above, and that's why that whole concussion thing and, and whether it was being hidden or downplayed, if certain people knew – I mean that okay. How does that not if they're they're the bosses, and that trickles down to everybody who they employ? That's a great point. I haven't even th- I hadn't thought about it from that angle. That's a that's well, a what great a, point. What about, about a railing trust? Yeah. I mean, come on. All I am is a piece of meat to these people, and they don't care whether I'm. They don't. Not only do they not care about my short term, they, they don't care about my long term health. And especially since the NFL actively work to stymie the science. Can you imagine? And some of that's, what is that, liability? Is that protecting the product? Well, wait a minute. Protect me. I am the product. Right. And, all... and I don't think everybody was that way, but certainly there were some. Well, I'm. did you ever watch uh, uh, League of Denial? It, it was the... It was the documentary that the the movie with Will Smith was based mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I never watched the movie, but I watched the documentary. And the the thing they talked about the NFL is their opinion was if the moms stop letting their sons play football, we're done for. Yeah, that's exactly so right. So they 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 hired the same lawyers as the tobacco industry. <laughs> I mean, so they got, employed that game plan to stifle the science. So you got a, a multiple billion dollar enterprise that is now at the mercy of the country's moms. 100%. And they still are, by the way. And I think that's why they're scrambling to adjust their their stance on the issue is because they want they want to now act like they care because the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, the cat is out of the bag. People are uh, people are, have educated themselves a little bit. They've certainly heard about it. And so when the high school coach wants a mom and dad's sturdy young son to come out for the high school football team because he's a great athlete, well, guess who has to give their approval on that? Mom. And you don't mess with mom. Mom is going to... 
is going to ask you some questions that better be answered in the correct manner. Man, the NFL took it a long way. I mean, even look at that documentary, League of Denial. That documentary was co-produced, at least at a t- uh, for a time, by ESPN. And the NFL went to ESPN and said, you better, you better stop that documentary or we're pulling the plug. And so then the documentary went to, to PBS and ESPN never aired it. But that that was their that was their strategy when it came to concussions. Cover it up, stifle it, anything but the best interest of the player at heart. And now we're talking more broadly, but they've got to teams have got to adjust that. You've got to absolutely in today's day and age, you better have your player's best interest at heart when it comes to these sorts of things or or players are so empowered these days, they're going to go somewhere else, especially in the NBA. Well, there's, there's going to be an organization created called Mott, Mothers Against Bad Tackling. Been sitting on that one for about 30 I seconds. Uh, no, not really. It just was uh, within the last two seconds. Yeah. Maybe I should have thought that through. Mott. Huh? Mm, mopped. Mopped? Mobbed? Mothers. Uh, actually, that would be mapped. Mabbed. Beats me. I don't know. <laughs> You get the point. To quote Jake Scott, why would anyone care about that? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. (laughs) Stay tuned. Swing and a miss. Mopped. Mapped. Mapped. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mapped. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. July 14, 2009. Oh. My roommate, my brother and I, we make the trip down to Anaheim to go to an Angels-Yankees game. A blazing hot Anaheim afternoon, and we spent the whole game taking turns going to the water stand to fill up our waters. Came to be my turn. While I was at the water stand, Brandon Wood, he hit a home run that landed in my empty seat. (laughs) It hit the seat back of my empty chair, and my roommate, of course, picked it up, and I come back, and they're like, you'll never believe what just happened. I was like, no, I know what happened. I was watching it on the TV. That is unbelievable. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And it's too teams in the NBA, there can only be one championship, but I think every 30 years you ought to have one. <laughs> so, it's our turn. And I think we've built up to it. We've under, we understand what it takes. I think we've put everything in place for it. We've given them all the tools they need, brought in the players that I think can do it, and there's no reason why we can't um, have that expectation. Now, I don't know that it'll come this year, but I do believe we'll get there. One important thing that stood out right there, Gordon, and it's a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, that was Gail Miller, who joined us uh, earlier in the show today in the 5 o'clock hour. You can check that out at 1280thezone.com. One thing really important, giving them the tools to do it. Right. That, that really stands out to me. And that's not just the roster. That's having the assistant coaches, the training staff, like we talked a little bit about in, in, in the last segment, right down to the Zions Bank basketball campus right. and renovating the arena and and the the tools to succeed. And I think that that's, I think that's really important what she said right and there. And Dennis has talked about that, that they've gone to the 
to Gail with her with her palms up, you know, asking for these things, and they've been given them. So now make the most of it. Do you think that was every detail, like even the campfire? Like we need a we need a we need a campfire. <laughs> is it a campfire really? Is it what? What is that? A fire pit? What? It, is? It's like a fireplace. It's like mm. an indoor gas fireplace, but it it's round, kind of like a. Kind of like that's camping. in the middle of like there's couches around it from what i could tell i'm not let back there but i caught it through the window and they can like uh you know make s'mores and stuff now there's a visual you see rudy <laughs> rudy with a, a a the clothes hanger that he's straightened out and he's got a marshmallow on the end of it like kumbaya <laughs> you know what i like after practice is a delicious s'more come on everyone <laughs> to the campfire <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> uh, I, I smell a Sandlot reenactment, actually. But the resources and the tools that I, I think that that's that's really important, and I think it's really important that she gets that 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 she understands. And that. she used a word there also expectation that there's no reason not to have that expectation. Do you feel the pressure on your shoulders, everybody involved with the Jazz now, including the players? You know that's a that's an interesting thing that maybe we maybe we get to that in depth a little bit further at another time. But Gwen Snyder's under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think well, all of them are that this thing better work. But I think Quinn in in particular because he's been one heck of a coach that. And I heard I heard Tony and Austin talking about this today. Quinn is overachieved with mm-hmm. the rosters that he's been handed. I agree, uh, big time. I mean, he's a great coach. I mean, the the fact that they scored 70 points over 70 points a game two years ago with the roster that they had he should be I mean he's a miracle worker they just didn't have a whole lot of offense on that roster and uh and and he's a great coach but now he's he's not the the overachiever or doesn't have a roster where you can if you overachieve with the roster he's got now you're in the NBA finals I mean there's He's, there's some pressure for him to put the pieces that they have now in the right places and succeed because they've got more talent now than they've had since when? 20 years. John and Carl? Is this team more talented than the uh, the Darren Carlos teams? My opinion would be yes. You could probably make an argument either way. I mean, I wouldn't dismiss somebody that said that the the Darren and Booze teams might have been those, a little more talented, but I, I would say yes. Those teams didn't have the best defender on the planet on them. Nope. And they had a young stud guard named Darren Williams, and I think that Donovan has uh, every bit the potential yeah. that Darren had. And they've got a stronger supporting cast, I guess, uh, is the way I would see it. So, yeah, the expectation is there. When the owner says that, then uh, it, it's it's clear. The, the message is sent. Okay, we've given you pretty much what you've asked for. Uh, we've trusted your acumen. Now go get her done. You know? Yep, and, and that it, and that's the hard part, by the way, yeah. the go-get-her-done part. But I guarantee you that Dennis and Justin and, and Quinn and and all of them would would much prefer their situation now than to compare it with two years ago. I mean, they they have they are better now, yeah. and I don't think there's any reason to expect that the coaching will not be at the same level it's been at right. for the, for the past few number of years. And so, if, if Quinn excelled with those guys, I think he'll he'll be able to excel with these. There's there's no reason not to believe that. So I, that's why they're so excited about it. All right, little programming note. 
We're signing off the big show right now, Gordon. Okay. Well, normally we go into the six o'clock hour, but today we won't. And I, I've got to, you know, say I, I do apologize for being so mean. Before we we sign off uh, on the show today, I need to say I'm sorry to you because I was a little mean unintentionally during the not sports report, and I'm sorry. You mean right before I called you a jackass? Yeah, yeah, I probably deserved that. Uh, do but, I need to apologize for calling you that? No, I don't think so. I I, I think it was deserved. I, I just I didn't mean to. Uh, Frank Dolce Dolce calls me mean, and I I don't think I earned that, but he thinks I'm mean, and I was mean to you today. So I'm, I'm so you sorry. earned it today. I earned it today, and I'll I'll try to be nicer tomorrow. I apologize. It's really important to me because I, mean, I have feelings too. People are interacting with me on on Twitter, telling me how mean I was, and uh, I shouldn't be mean. I'm sorry. It was my favorite moment in eight years of this show. <laughs> uh, but programming, though, coming up next on the FM side of the dial, Hans Olsen is in the house. we got a little doc talk rolling. And, of course, Bees Baseball on 1280 AM. So stay tuned for that if you want to get in line for the good doctor, 855-340-ZONE. That's coming up next on the FM side of the dial. Thanks to Gail Miller for being on the show today. She was absolutely terrific. Got that up online at 1280thezone.com. Thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Jake. And thanks to all our listeners. We could never do it without you. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show. Doc Talk next on the FM. Bees Baseball on the AM, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.